Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 23. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If you have been with us on Wednesday evening, you know that the people of God were slaves in Egypt. And, of course, God told Moses, you know the story, you've seen the prince of Egypt. God told Moses to go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh decided to let the people go finally after many plagues, ten plagues. And the people, two and a half million, marched out of Egypt after 400 years of slavery. Now, the whole time that they were in slavery... The people hadn't learned, listen, to live as a people. They had no idea what it was like to live as a freed people. So when God tells Moses to lead the people out of Egypt into the wilderness after four centuries, the people were only used to pagan customs. The people were only used to pagan practices. They had no idea on how to live and what to do because being a slave for 400 years, they've been used to being told what to do and how to do it. So God in his love, are you listening? God in his love and God in his grace and God in his mercy set up the law for them. Do you know the law is a law of love? If you knew that, say amen. It's not a law of burden. It's a law of love. God, out of his love, established the law. He established principles for them to live by. And we talked about this. They had civil principles and ceremonial laws. God gave them principles of restitution, as we've talked about. God gave them moral principles, the principles of first fruits. If you've missed any of these teachings, I'd encourage you to order them uh, in the bookstore tonight after service. So, Last time we were together, we left off in verse 19 of chapter 23. Tonight, we're going to pick up in verse 19, and then we're going to really cover two chapters tonight. Amen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We're going to cover two chapters tonight, and uh, y'all pray for me. And uh, we'll finish chapter 23, and then we'll move right on into... Uh, chapter 24, some interesting, interesting things. You got your pen, you got your pad, you got your brain on, you ready to listen. Exodus chapter 23, look at verse 20. If you're looking at it, say amen. amen. Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared, God said. Beware of him and obey his voice. And do not provoke him, 
for he will not pardon your transgressions for my name is in him. But if you indeed obey his voice and do all that, note the change here, I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies. Would you underline that? An enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the Amorites and the Hittites and the Parasites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and you guessed it, all the other ites. And I'm going to cut them off. And you shall not bow down to their gods, nor shall you serve them, nor do according to their works, but you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars. And so you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness from the midst of you, and no one shall miscarry, suffer miscarriage, or be barren in your land, in your land. And I will fulfill the number of your days. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. God says to his people, In verse 20, behold, I send an angel before you. Now, you want to notice in your Bibles and in the Hebrew language, actually, this word, this name, this title, angel, is in capital letters. Listen, whenever you see the word, the name angel, the title angel in capital letters, it's always referring to who, saints? Jesus, you got it. Notice it's the angel of the Lord. Now, we call this in theology, in theological terminology, we call this a Christophany, a Christophany. That's an appearance of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. He is the messenger of Yahweh. He's the angel of the Lord. In Joshua chapter 5, perhaps you're familiar with Joshua chapter 5, right about verse 13 Joshua comes into the plain of Jordan. You know the story? And we went through Joshua some time ago. Joshua comes into the plains of Jordan and they celebrate the Passover and they circumcise the boys for the first time after leaving the wilderness. Circumcision takes place. And so Joshua is a really interesting story. Joshua chapter five. You look that up in your own time. But Joshua's out surveying the land and preparing for battle. And when he Later, after, you know, preparing for battle and surveying the land, he runs into the angel of the Lord, or the Bible also calls him the captain of the Lord of hosts. And it's Jesus. And Joshua sees him standing there with his sword drawn. And Joshua says, are you on the Lord's side or are you on the enemy's side? I love that question. Are you on the Lord's side? Are you on the enemy's side? I'm on the Lord's side. Joshua says, are you on the Lord's side? Because Joshua didn't know. Are you friend or are you foe? And the angel of the Lord said, neither. I'm not for you or against you. He said, I'm for Yahweh. Don't you love that? I'm for God. And then he told Joshua to take off his shoes because the place that he was standing was holy ground. Does that sound familiar? You remember that Yahweh said the same thing to Moses at the burning bush. So we see these pictures. And as you go through the Old Testament, are you listening? As you go through the Old Testament, we can see these appearances of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. 
They're called a Christophany. So notice in your Bibles here, God says, I'm sending an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you in the place that I have prepared. I like that. Because again, the angel of the Lord is a picture of Jesus. And didn't Jesus tell us in John chapter 14 that he was going away to prepare a place for you? Doesn't that sound just like this? Well, notice in verse 21 in your Bibles, if you obey his voice and do all, did you note this? In verse 21 and 22, actually, if you obey his voice and do all that, I speak. Did you note that? Please note that change from him to I. What does that tell us? That tells us that this is the same person as Father God Yahweh. The same person. Now, Jewish people have a really difficult time with this. I've talked to them about this. Jesus is God. Jesus is Yahweh. Yahweh is God. Jesus. Very, very interesting. And notice the Bible goes on to tell us that he will be an enemy to those who are your enemy and an adversary to those who are your adversary. Now, saints, listen, that is good news. I like that because it tells me that God is on my side. I like that because it tells me that we don't have to fight the enemy. Do you realize this to me close? We do not have to do battle with the devil. Y'all need to say amen. Amen. Folks be out there trying to take on Satan. What's wrong with you? We don't have to do battle with the devil. We don't always have to bind this and break that and loose this. If you know what I'm talking about, say amen. We don't have to bind this and break that and loose this and loose that and Satan, I come against you. And this is what people are doing nowadays. We don't have to do that. Listen, all you need to know, are you listening? All you need to know is this. My daddy is bigger than your daddy. Are you feeling me? My dad, I'm away. That's that's just good. That's all you need to know. It's almost like, you know, we are told that we are to come to Christ, come into the kingdom as little children. And many aspects of being a child, you have to come to God. And just like little kids will say, my daddy can beat up your daddy. Even if their daddy is like a little scrawny, little wimpy, little small person. (laughs) Kids, all, all kids think, especially boys, they all think their daddy is tough. And, and they think their daddy can beat your daddy no matter what. Kids all over, my daddy can beat your daddy. Well, listen, our daddy can beat their, the world, Satan. He's, so we don't have to get into binding and loosing and breaking. And praise God for that. Because, you know, honestly, sometimes, quite honestly, in my Christian life, I don't feel like binding nothing. I don't feel like loosing anything. I don't feel like breaking. I don't I feel pretty broken. Somebody say amen. And we get in this thing where we got to do this and we have to do this and we have to do that. And we've got to bind this. Listen, Jesus is a captain of the Lord of hosts. And Jesus can, can can stand in the gap and do battle for us. 
Sometimes it's just good to just hide in him. I'll hide behind my daddy in a minute. I ain't shame. I'll hide before I'll be like, Jesus, get him. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. No. Because if we're obedient to the Lord, then he will fight for us and he will fight our adversaries. God says in our text, this angel is going to go before you and make your way notice into the promised land. And did you notice this and drive out the inhabitants of the land? You see that in verse 23? He's going to drive out the inhabitants and then look at verse 24. And when you get into the land, God says, don't worship their God and don't do the things they do, but overthrow and tear down their altars. In other words, God is saying, listen, when you get into the land, God is saying, don't paganize me. Don't paganize me. Don't make altars or statues or images or anything to worship other than God. Because see, the pagan people, they had all kinds of statues and altars to worship on. And God says, don't, don't get into, you know, the, 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 the image thing. You know, somebody asked me, how come we don't have a cross in the church? Well, a couple reasons. I mean, don't misunderstand me. I don't have anything against cross. I love crosses. I love them. But I don't worship the cross. I worship the one who hung on it. What, only 10 people agree with that? I don't worship the cross. Roddy, what's up with that big burst of something behind your head? What's up with that thing? I'm not, where's the cross? Where's the cross? Listen, we don't worship images here. You know, honestly, in love, I, I grew up, you know, I, you know, you guys know my background. Grew up in the Catholic church, um, went to Catholic school all of my life, and, and, and I've seen images, and I've seen statues, and I've seen altars built, and, 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 and things of that nature. And, and, and I can tell you that, that God is not pleased when we set our attention and our affection on anything other than him. That's what he's telling them. And see, this is important for them because remember, they came out of Egypt and Egypt was polytheistic. What does that mean, Rodney? They worship many gods, poly, many, more than one theistic God. They worship many gods. So again, God is helping them. Do y'all see what I'm saying? God is helping them as they come out of Egypt into the wilderness, going into the promised land that he gave them. God is saying, listen, here's how you act. Here's what I don't want. And here's what I do want. And I don't want you to get your attention and your focus on images because it's easy to get your attention and focus on image and lose the reality of Christ. It is easy for us to get into this place of form over substance, form over substance. So we got all of our stained glass windows. And I don't know about you, but I've gone into many, many churches, even still today. And I walk in and, oh, wow, look at that. And look at that. And look at that. And look at that. And wait a minute. This is a church. Isn't church supposed to be about Jesus? When you walk into a church, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying things shouldn't be nice for the Lord. Things need to be nice. But let's be careful that we don't set up things that draw your attention away from the reason we come. I don't have a cross here because I just think that kind of looks cool. 
I don't have a really deep theological reason why I don't have one. I mean, it's not like a five-point sermon here. I just, I like that. <laughs> if that's okay, somebody say it's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Y'all made me feel better. Get in touch with my inner self. And, and God just, you know, he says, don't, don't get into that. Look at verse 25. God says, serve me. And I'll bless your bread and your water. That means your increase. And God says, I will take sickness away from you. People love to quote this verse. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it tonight. I will tell you that this is a promise for a national promise to Israel. That God will take sickness from them and none of their women will miscarry. By no means is this some blanket promise to every single believer that will never get sick. Don't take it out of context. Listen, I can, if you don't study the Bible, are you listening? In its context, you can have the Bible say anything you want it to say. Anything. Somebody once used this example, and I love it. You can go to the Bible and read it, and it says, Judas Iscariot went out and committed suicide. Go find another verse that says, go do ye likewise. You with me? Okay. So what does that mean? We all need to go out and commit a suicide? No. So we have to get things in context. This is a national promise to the people of God. Look at verse 27. And I will send my fear before you. Looking at verse 27, say amen. I will send my fear before you. And I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you come. And I will make all your enemies, note this, turn their backs to you. And I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivite, the Canaanites, the Hittites from before you. And I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land. See, God said, I'm not going to do it all at once. You listening? I'm not going to do it all at once. Lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Here's how God's going to do it. Would you underline this in your Bible? And what is it? read it with me. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and, you're in, and you inherit the land. And I will set your bounds, in verse 31, from the Red Sea to the sea, Philistia, and from the desert to the river. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand and you shall drive them out before you and you shall not make no covenant. You shall make no covenant with them, nor with their gods, no compromise. And they shall not dwell in your land lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely be a trap to you. Saints, listen. God says, I will send my fear before you and destroy the people in the land and cause your enemies. Now, we're talking about the land of Canaan and cause your enemies, the inhabitants of the land to run from you. Now, listen, you got to understand something. By the time Israel got into the promised land, listen, the inhabitants of Canaan were afraid of Israel. They were already afraid. Because they had heard about the great victory that had already been gotten by Israel as they came out of Egypt and Pharaoh's army drowned in the Red Sea. This was national news. Everybody knew it. 
And as they made their way through the wilderness and as they came across different enemies, as they were making their way in the wilderness, they defeated the Amorites. They defeated Og. They defeated Bashan. Og was a race of giants. I was doing a little bit of research on them. 13 feet tall who terrorized the people in some awful ways. And Israel defeated them in battle. It was uh, Jameson Fawcett Brown in his commentary. They said this. English archaeologists have found cities, listen, and houses with 18 feet foot ceilings and 12 foot doors and six foot hinges in the area of Bashan. Isn't that huge? These were giants that the people of God defeated. So by the time they got into the land of Canaan, the Canaanites were already afraid because they had already destroyed many, many armies prior to getting there. So so you got to get the picture here. The inhabitants of Canaan are watching over the walls of Jericho. Israel is coming across the Jordan and they can see them. They're carrying the ark of God. When they set their foot in the Jordan, you know, the Bible tells us that the waters parted and two and a half million people or a little less cross over the Jordan River and the Canaanites can see that. They can see as the people take the stones and they pile up 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan River and they can see the last person who steps on the other side of the Jordan and the waters come back and fill up the Jordan again. And when they see all of that, they see Israel coming, their knees start knocking. Oh, they're afraid. You see, they weren't only fighting the Israelites, but they were fighting against God. And I think they knew that. So God says in verse 27, their enemies turn their backs out of fear. Then look at verse 28. God says, I will send hornets before you, hornets, and they will drive out. Look, hornets will drive out anything. (laughs) I hate hornets. I don't like bees. I like honey, but I don't like bees. I hate hornets. I don't even know what their purpose are in the world. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what God created mosquitoes for. These are the things I contemplate. I sit around and think about all day long. Like, what did God make roaches for? What did God make, like, chihuahuas for? I, mean, I don't understand. I don't really get it, you know. They must be a part of the fall of man. I don't know. Chihuahuas, I don't know. But I hate hornets, you know. But I have to say that I I love, listen, I love how God does things. Notice who would have ever thought, are you getting this from this text? Who would have ever thought that God would bring deliverance with little bugs? You getting that? Who would have ever thought God would bring deliverance with hornets? God is saying, listen, I'm going to drive them out using means and methods you have never thought of. Saints, isn't that just like God? God does stuff using means and methods that we would have never thought of. That's why you can't put God in the box. You can't put God in the box because God does things with 
people and using things and methods and means that we would have never thought of. You know, it's been 25 years for me of walking with God, and I have found that God uses means and methods that I've never thought of. I would have never thought that God would do the things that he's done in this church. You know, the Calvary Mission Magazine is coming out in June and our church is in it. I saw the article and I saw it. It's really, really cool. You guys are going to be so blessed. I can't stand it. I want to tell you, but I can't. <laughs> and it's so wonderful. And just Elvira and I looking at this, we're thinking God uses means and methods that we would have never thought of. God does things that we would have never thought of. You know, people come to me all the time. God does things differently in different places. People come to me all the time. and They saw a really cool idea at a church or something, and a church is doing that. And they'll come and say, Pastor Ryan, it's the best idea ever. I mean, look at this, look at this. And, and you know, maybe I will go with it. Maybe we'll give it a try. And it doesn't work here. It works over there, but it doesn't work over here. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.